0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Go ahead and smash that like button if you're watching live on YouTube. Give us a five-star review if you're listening to the audio version on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you're at. Leave us some kind reviews and uh, messages. They go a long way, and they make us feel good. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with feeling good about what you do. Power it's of Gre- positivity. Absolutely. It's Greg Boyson. Joined as always, Mario Terabasi, our guy, Jay Zawaski. He'll be back tomorrow. He's got uh, a, quote, extreme hangover mm. right now. He's in uh, heaven after seeing his favorite band in Milwaukee last night. So yeah. He uh, might as well have joined extreme. Uh, he's, th- he's not... He's not skinny enough. <laughs> I saw the pictures that he posted. He had like great. He had like a VIP package like with front row seats. Yeah, and these guys haven't eaten a cheeseburger since like the '70s, man. They they yeah. are way too skinny.
1: That, uh, that he, rock and roll road lifestyle will uh, keep you thin.
0: I, I don't know.
1: Keep some of you thin. Well, Axel Rose it didn't, but yeah, well, because he got didn't. off
0: the road for twenty it's years. True. Yeah. Yeah, that was his problem. But uh, we got a lot to talk about today. It's our Around the League Wednesday. Uh, we've got. NHL 24 trailer drop. We'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the show. We're going to have uh, No Sleeves Gaming on Friday to really break down some of that stuff, but encouraging uh, stuff. Tomorrow, we're going to have uh, uh, Sean Sullivan and, and his amazing some of his amazing jerseys. He's a uh, Blackhawks jersey history expert and game-worn jersey collector, so he's going to have a lot of treats. So if you like the history of things, tomorrow is going to be a good show for you later on. uh, Before we wrap today, we'll do a little Hawks history and revisit the Jeremy Roenick trade. Appropriately the 27th anniversary of that trade today. Uh Um, It's also Eddie Olchek's birthday. It is. Happy birthday Eddie Olchek for sure. Um, But we got a lot of other stuff to go around. Top 20 wingers and then some news around the league. Uh, We're going to start in case you didn't hear earlier this week. uh, Toronto Maple Leafs prospect uh rodian Amaroff uh passed away at the age of 21. uh he was diagnosed with Damn. a brain tumor in february of 22 2022 after he was selected by the maple leafs in the first round 15th overall in a 2020 draft uh this is from maple leafs president brendan shanahan the entire maple leafs organization is devastated by this tragic loss over the duration of his courageous battle uh radians positivity inspired everyone around him and made a lasting impression with our team and fans in his brief visits to Toronto it's incredibly sad to see a young man with so much promise taken from us so soon uh just a heartbreaking sad yeah. story you never want to see things like that yeah um,
1: just you know a a a player a person that i think was you know just a, a really positive uh light you know, from what the, you know, people in the Maple Leafs organization say, and, you know, he had a, a ton of promise in his, uh, potential, uh, professional career. And, um, yeah, 21. I mean, geez, it's, it's just, it's, it's sad. It's just, uh, not, not fair sometimes. No. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to, to see that it's for, uh, for a young player. So obviously, uh, condolences out to his family and, um, you know the Maple Leafs organization and and everyone that was uh, involved with him just it's just yeah it's just sad you never want to see people that young um have to go through you know brain tumors cancer and things like that and it's just stuff so
0: yeah it's it's heartbreaking uh to say the least and uh I'm speak for all of us here when we offer our condolences uh, condolences to the Amiroff family uh, all of his friends teammates current Past uh, a lot of people hurting out there in the hockey world, yeah. so um, our condolences go out to all those affected. Um, and then, uh, also this week, not a surprising move, but uh, David long longtime yep. Boston Bruins center, announced his retirement from the NHL again from we, the
1: NHL, right? <laughs> I think he, might. I mean, he
0: did play in Czechia last season, yeah, uh, the season before last, and then before coming back. So he might return home and play a little more, maybe. But uh, uh, another big loss for the Bruins this year. This is just coming a few days after Pat- Patrice Bergeron retired. Yeah. Um, you know, Krejci was a, an underrated player. I, th- I think, you know, we talked a lot about – we talked a little bit about Patrick Sharp yesterday about, uh, you know, he when the Hawks had those dynasty runs – Sharp never had to be the best player on a team. McCritchie was kind of in that same situation, a very good player, yeah. but was never the top guy, didn't need to be. Uh, he was drafted in the second round back way back in 2004. Uh, he played in 1,192 total games, both regular season and playoffs, all for the Bruins from 2007 to 2020, 2023, winning the Stanley Cup with the team in 2011, making up two other uh, – Stanley Cup final appearances. He scored 274 goals and 871 total points in those games, and helped the Bruins reach the playoffs 13 times in his career. It's pretty good. Yeah, very good career. Very good player. Um, again, never never looked upon as the guy in Boston. You know, early on, you, know, you had Bergeron there all the, all that time, um, and then later you had Marchant come on. And then lately it's been all David Pasternak, Pasternak. Um, you know, for a while, you, you know, Zdeno Ochara was in his prime during some of that, you know, a lot yeah. of star power there. Yeah. I don't think anybody ever said David Krejci is the best player on the Bruins. No,
1: no, it's, it's very, very much that, uh, that complimentary player that, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've been talking about in, in terms of the Blackhawks of prospects becoming that, but yeah, he was, he was definitely that kind of player where, you know he was uh, seemed very content being the the number two center uh, behind Patrice Bergeron for for the majority, pretty much the entirety of his career uh, in Boston, and and yeah, one of those guys that you know the, the Bruins wouldn't have the level of success that they did without having him. We talked about you know you mentioned the guys like Patrick Sharp for the Blackhawks, like those Bruins teams don't don't reach those levels without guys like David Krejci and. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, unfortunate timing for the Bruins to lose both Bergeron and Krejci, Krejci again. Um, when, you know, they, they had this historic season last year and yeah. now it's just like, what are they going to do to, to retool and try and, uh, you know, keep their contention window open? Um, you know, they, they, they have a lot of, a lot of still good talent there. Marchand, Pasternak, Charlie McElvoy. Uh, Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman and that like pieces are there, but it's definitely a a big hole to fill without both Bergeron and Krejci down the middle now. Yeah,
0: they've lost their top two centers. Uh, You know, both very good offensive players, both tremendous defensively Mm -hmm. defensive players. That's where I think they're going to feel the pain more is on the defensive side. So you're replacing Bergeron and Krejci with Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle are now your top two centers.
1: Not the same. No, no
0: offense to Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle, but that is a big drop-off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they brought in James Van Riemsdyk, okay. Winger. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, he's still in the league. And the uh, the, the corpse of Milan Lucic. Yeah. The, the specter back. of Milan yeah. Lucic. Like, okay. Uh, but you mentioned they still have, you know, a lot of that core from that Historic regular season team who were rightfully so-called frauds after (laughs) they lost to the Blackhawks at the United center in March. Yeah. Um, I think they, I'm not predicting them to miss the playoffs, but I won't be surprised if it happens. It's going to be a drop off for sure. They better come out of the gates. If they bomb out in October and really struggle to try and find something, Mm. they're in trouble. You don't want to dig yourself in a hole in the Eastern Conference because it's very hard. You don't want to do what the Panthers did last year. You know, that doesn't happen very often. Right. That was an an anomaly. Right. For them to make that run, you know, from February on, um, you know, and then we saw in the playoffs that the Panthers were a team that were playing playoff hockey, essentially, from the All-Star break on. And the Mm -hmm. Bruins hadn't played a game that mattered since Christmas. Right. And we saw how that ended. So, um, they better start off strong. If uh, if they get off to a good start, that takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. But man, if they come out and and struggle in October, it could be could be a lot of could, bad things happening yeah. in Boston. Yeah. And and
1: we've we've talked about, you know, the Bruins before recently where you know, they have Four hundred twenty-nine thousand yeah. dollars in in cap space right no now. No flexibility. No flexibility. You have you know a twenty-two uh, a twenty-two man roster at, at the moment. So you're you're at the cap with the team that you have. Uh, this upcoming year's draft, no first, second, or third round pick. Um, you know, so the 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 free agent. You know, trying to sign a free agent uh, to to maybe help bolster their their center depth. There's some centers out there. Not, not a ton of great ones, because by the time you get to mid-August, all your great free agents are pretty much done. Um, they did sign top college free agent John Farinacci, uh, who was a former coyotes uh, draft pick that had his draft rights expire yesterday, so uh, look out for him. Um, probably not going to fill the role of Krejci or Bergeron It's a lot of pressure next season or kid, maybe but, ever, but yeah, probably uh, not ever yet. yeah, but I mean yeah there's still gonna be there's still going to be a good team. But man, that, that's that's a tough division to to yeah. try and navigate through. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if it's, you know, yeah, they're going to fall out of the, you know, President's Trophy race, I'm sure. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're battling for a wild card spot. Yeah, when, I could see the them making comes. the flip
0: going from the number 1 seed in the East to the number 8 seed in the East. Yeah. I mean, those teams are so tightly packed that, you know, you're not going to have a hundred. Was it 113 130 points?
1: 30 something 30, like yeah, that. You're yeah. You're not doing that. <laughs> no, um, no, not with this team. I mean,
0: that's, that's just crazy to think they could have a 30 point drop off and still finish with 100 points. What was like
1: 135 points last season? Yeah. Well, what was the uh, the Panthers drop off? Was it like 40 points something yeah, like that? Yeah. We have like to look. A, a, they had like 129 down to like 92
0: or something like that. Yeah. I wonder what the biggest drop off in NHL history is. From season to season? Because the Bruins might be setting it this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they set the all-time mark for best season, and now they're going to follow it up by send, setting the record for the biggest drop-off between two seasons.
1: Yeah, Florida went from 122 to, to 92, so a 30-point 30, 30. 30 drop-off. So, the, so, so, the, so the, Bruins the Bruins have
0: to have 105 points just to match that. Just to match I don't the 30-point drop. <laughs> da- I don't know if they're a 105-point no,
1: team. I don't think so.
0: They may set the record. Yeah. do you think if they go all the way down the ninety five points?
1: It's 40 point, 40 drop. point drop. That's crazy. That's imagine a- having
0: a forty point drop and still making the playoffs. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's insane when you think about it. Yeah. But we could see it. That's that's something we could uh keep tabs on. Yeah. Um other, Another bit of news this week, uh, on the ice news, uh Jeff Petrie was traded again. Again third time <laughs> he's been traded in the last thirteen months, second time in the last couple of weeks of course he was involved in that big uh eric carlson trade he went from the uh, penguins to the canadians in that trade that mm-hmm. three-team deal uh we talked about jeff petrie a couple of weeks ago as maybe a, a one of those deals that the blackhawks look to take to get another asset to take veteran, on that contract
1: veteran right right side defenseman i believe um yeah, could have could have been involved in that Eric Carlson trade, the Blackhawks could have been, uh, and come away with Petrie, but didn't.
0: Part of the biggest reason that there was a holdup in that trade originally is because, and they had to find a third team, was because Petrie is living in Michigan and didn't want to play that far away from his family. Yeah. So that's why, again, we were like, hey, Blackhawks aren't that far from Michigan. Well, now he's even closer. <laughs> he's a Detroit yeah. Red Wing uh, the veteran defenseman was traded from Montreal to the Detroit on Tuesday in exchange for defenseman Gustav Lindstrom, not related to Nicholas, and a conditional <laughs> fourth round draft pick in 2025. I can't believe the, the Red Wings traded Lindstrom, unbelievable! Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. way to
0: go, <laughs> Iserman. The, uh, the Canadians also retained 50% of the salary remaining on Petrie's contract. Working out to approximately two point four million dollars, which runs through the end of the 24 25 season. so two years on the books for Jeff Petrie, um, two
1: point4 <coughs> excuse me two point four for for Petrie at this point in his career uh, doesn't sting as no. much as, as much as his full contract. and look, he's still a he's a he's a veteran uh, guy that you can put into you know a second or third pairing option. Uh, and and be be happy with it. You know, he's not uh, he's not washed totally out of you know an NHL job. He's not just a guy who's trying to be moved because of a bad contract. He's still uh, effective enough that you know you can put him on a, on on your defensive core and and be okay with it. The, so the- problem with Detroit though is that. How many of those guys do you want in your defensive well, core? They've
0: got a whole bunch of them because uh, <laughs> I tweeted. I, NHL Network tweeted out uh, yesterday their their defensive pairings after the trade, and it says where does the Detroit Red Wings defense rank in the NHL? And I I sh- shared it with you guys. Well, here's according to NHL Network their their pairings: Jake Wallman and Mo Sider, Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie, Shane Gostaspeer, Justin Hall, and yes. then you still have. Blackhawks legend Oli Mada. You have Olimata
1: Mata in there as well, yeah.
0: It's so you have a really good elite defenseman and Morris Sider. And as you put it in our chat, you've got Mo Sider and everybody else is garbage.
1: Yeah, it's other other teams' players that they've just kind of tossed to the side. Uh, I know Jake Wallman kind of had a, a good, uh, you know, good season last year with Detroit, made a little bit of a, of a name for himself. He was
0: a long time Blues prospect. Yeah. Yeah, he's played so, in the HL for a long time.
1: Yeah, so he got an opportunity and, and, and made the most of it with the Red Wings. But is he a top pair defenseman on most teams in the league? No. Um Bear and Hall are two guys that have, you know, kind of bounced around and Hall was in and out of the Maple Leafs lineup for a long time. Um,
0: Icehawks legend, Justin Hall. Yeah,
1: former former Blackhawks pick. Um, you know, Oli Mata again is another one of those like, ah, oh, he could be in your third pair and you're fine with it. Um and then Petrie and Charat, like, are they? The, they're like the same guy,
0: you know. Where they're A they're of pylons out there. Yeah, they're they're anybody with speed is going to go right by those guys. They're
1: veteran guys, who are just fine as you know, second third pair guys. But you don't want to put them together because, like you just said, like anybody as 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 we've seen the NHL evolve over the last few years, speed 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 is is become you know the moniker for most teams. Those teams are going to be able to blow right. That's your second. If that's your second pair, they're going to be facing some tough competition. Put those
0: guys out against Lucas Reichel and Adam yeah. you. I dare I, you. I, I, dare I, you. <laughs> I like
1: their chances as far as speed goes.
0: They also have uh, Simon Edmondson, another top prospect coming up. Yeah, uh, who's probably going to play a lot this year. Sure. Um, so
1: you have so if you a young guy in yeah. his first maybe full NHL season.
0: Okay. Right. So, but when you look at those six. That's not a playoff team.
1: If you're banking on that defensive core to get you into the postseason, you're not. You're growing. you're really gonna have to outscore a lot of teams,
0: and they don't necessarily have the offense to do that. I mean, they brought in Alex to bring They brought
1: to bring it. Problem is, they didn't
0: bring in 2019 Patrick Kane either. No, that would have helped. Maybe <laughs> they signed helped. Patrick Kane. Oof. He's still out there. I, you know, oh, I. Oh God, that'd be. We okay.
1: met, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, that could uh, of of maybe that working, but. That'd be that'd be a hard one to, it'd be a hard to stomach because it's like at this point, you know, seeing him play in the Rangers uniform was weird, but you got over it. Um, the idea of seeing Taze playing in another uniform would be super weird. But seeing either of them play in a Red Wings uniform yeah. would be just like uh, – that, that it, ick it, factor would be it'd there. It'd be like
0: the first time we saw Chelios in that Red Wings yeah. uniform. It was gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so – the all-know, hey, what do we know? It's the all-knowing right. Steve Eiserman. It's the Eiserman plan.
1: Sure, it's going to work. As Doctor Horror Show says, the wings also have uh, uh, Axel Sandine Pelica in their defensive prospect system that they just drafted this year. So yeah, Cider Edvinson, yeah, uh, Sandine Pelica. Sure, the future looks looks good. Two years defensively. from now, they
0: got a really good d- defensive core this year. But
1: Eiserman, yeah, trying to put together a, a playoff team
0: now. With that group, I, I just – I don't see it. Yeah. I don't it, see it's, it. It's, it's amazing how you're not quite the genius GM when you don't have Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, and yeah. Kucherov on your team. Yeah,
1: having, having elite – walking into uh, elite, elite talent. Yeah,
0: having three Hall of Famers on your team changes your perception it sure does <laughs> yeah. it sure makes your job a lot easier yeah young daniel guy uh, donates right his Q. dollar
1: and uh or their dollar and says uh maybe chicago should swoop in and sign Kaner before detroit does we thank you for your contribution. We just to need twenty nine
0: thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight more to get us to uh yeah. Slovakia by Friday for the Marion Host. Yeah, I said
1: so no one is committed to this bit better than Young thing hey, God bless him, man. You, got, you, you him. like it. Yeah. I love it. He's
0: helping keep the uh the lights on uh, with his dollar donation every day. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh the Jeff Petrie move, the wings. I mean I think they're going to be one of those sexy picks that a lot of people, national pundits, pick to make the playoffs. I don't see it happening. No, I didn't see that. I don't see them making a big enough jump. Uh, yeah, they added Alex to Brinkit, but what did Alex? What did that do for the Senators last year? That was the move that was supposed to put the Senators into right. the playoffs. And the Senators and the Red Wings are essentially like the same team. They feel very similar. They are like in the yeah. same
1: like. They should be better, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you look at this forwards group; it is pretty good. You have Dylan Larkin, Alex DeBrinket, you have Andrew Kopp, J.T. Confer. Uh, I forgot they had Confer. Yeah, David Perron, Robbie Fabry, Daniel Sprong, Christian Fisher, Lucas Raymond is you know that's that's a, a great player to have, great young player. The forwards group is good. Like I I I, I would say that forwards group on its own could be very competitive. Um but then yeah you throw in the uh you throw in the defensive group and it just doesn't do it for you and who's and then that? your your goaltenders are Ville husso and James rhymer so have fun I don't know have just, fun
0: finishing I, in tenth place in Easter Conference. yeah again. I just
1: I don't I don't see this team uh, you know making it, make them the postseason There's
0: not a lot of teams That are dropping out Of that top eight From last year like, Yeah
1: Even in their division You still have the Bruins Which I know we are Expecting a drop off But they're still Going to be good You have the Sabres Which are
0: Better are better than the Better than Reden- they were right now.
1: Yeah Better than they were You have the Panthers Canadians are Supposed to be better Senators Who knows And then the Lightning And the Maple Leafs I don't I don't know I don't yeah. think Detroit's One of the best five teams In that In that Division
0: no, and even if you finish in fifth place in the division, it doesn't guarantee you no. anything. No, it, does, it doesn't mean you're in a you wild card fi- you spot. You can finish in fourth and still miss the yeah. playoffs, depending on what the other side does. So, yeah, Um be interesting to see. We'll definitely get more into predicting s- divisions and playoffs as we get closer <laughs> to the season. Um, yeah. And we'll uh, get back to some of the NHL Network, our top 20, release their top 20 wingers. But I think before we do that, it would be a good time to pause and pay some bills and they start with more our bills. yeah
1: we, we can't keep the lights on completely off of uh yeah, the young yeah, God's no. contributions uh, but uh yeah you know who else keeps the lights on for us here uh keeps us looking fresh on the golf course that is our friends uh at pins and aces the official golf apparel partner of us here at chgo and of the all city network i love my pins and aces gear we all love our pins and aces gear uh, we get tons of uh, double takes and compliments out on the golf course when we're, whether you're driving it straight down the fairway or hooking it left into the woods or slicing it right into the water, either way, you're going to look good doing it with your pins and aces gear. They are a family owned golf and apparel business. Uh, they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags. Uh, they've got pants. They've got gloves. They've got fun golf ball markers um, just a, a, a ton of great stuff that uh, keeps you looking fresh uh, and hip out on the golf course and of course you cannot forget the beer sleeve or beef sleeve however you want to use it beef uh, sleeve. the innovative taco product sleeve. T- taco sleeve hey burrito there's sleeve you- yes any, any tubular uh, oh, food or sandwich <laughs> or anything like that you can stick it in the sleeve and it will keep it warm or cold whatever you want it to do Uh, It can fit up to seven beers right there inside of the sleeve in your golf bag. Keep those cold the entire round. They could be beers, sparkling waters, uh, cans of juice, energy drinks, uh, and then all the food options you have. It is one of the best, uh, you know, you you say some of the best tools in your golf bag or maybe your pitching wedge or your three wood or your your rescue uh, wedge. No, no, no. It's the beer slash beef sleeve uh, from Pins and Aces. So you can get yourself decked out in some of the best gear from Pins and Aces. Get yourself a beef sleeve, get yourself a golf bag, uh, get yourself looking right and ready to hit the course by going to pinsandaces.com. And when you do, use the promo code CHGO and you're gonna get 15% off of your first order and you're gonna get free shipping on that order. Again, that's the promo code CHGO when you go to pinsandaces.com.
0: If you're looking for some more uh, gear, some sports merchandise or Spurch. Spurch. <laughs> some officially licensed gear, then you need to check out our friends at Foco, where you can get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodie season's right around the corner. I know it's warm. It's August, but hoodie season's almost here. Get your hoodies early I like a with good Focos. Hoodie. I love hoodies. I got a closet full of them until Stacy steals them all. Um, <laughs> Get your hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. We're in the midst of baseball season. It's still warm out, so get your aloha shirts, your straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Football tailgating season is almost upon us. Yes. Those first few weeks mm. of college and NFL where it's still warm outside. Mm-hmm. Get yourself everything you need for your perfect tailgate party. You see on our set decorations, we got plenty of things that have been sent to us. Uh, from Foco bobbleheads to help us decorate signage. Is
1: that immaculate inning bobblehead? Yeah,
0: there's an immaculate inning. There in it some, is. There he is, right there front right and there. center. Yeah, there, there it is. The Hayden Ed, Wisniewski. the Tim Anderson bobblehead. That, uh, oh yeah. He looked like a real life bobblehead a couple weeks ago when he took one to the side of the He's head. He's got a Blue.
1: sore neck. He missed
0: yesterday's game. Oh, I wonder yeah. if that's some. I wonder. Sure he did. It was bruised ego maybe. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, that uh, did he run his neck in the Marcus Stroman's ribs? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we'll explain a lot. We, we figured it out. <laughs> anyway, FOCO has everything you would want for your home office, your office at the office building, your she shed, your man cave, your garage, whatever room or cubicle you want to decorate. FOCO is your place to get your favorite sports items for that. So check out Foco, FOCO.com or click on the link in this, in the podcast description below. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Mm-hmm. Good stuff from our pals at FOCO. All right. Uh, what, did you, what did you find over no, there?
1: I just, you know, I, I, I just got to be, you know, you got to make sure when you see something trending on Twitter, what it's all about. I saw Mick Foley trending. He's, he's fine. Thank God. Um, but there was just was a video that was titled Mick Fo- uh, Triple H. Every time Mick Foley uh, got into the ring with him, and it was just this video of a woman trying to hit a pinata, she's blindfolded, <laughs> and she just hits this older woman <laughs> right in the head. Uh, Sounds just, about right. Just made me giggle.
0: I love Mick Foley. Um, yes. Saw his yeah. one-man show a couple of years ago. How was it? F- amazing. Yeah. He's just an amazing storyteller. Uh, He told the story about the match where he was the famous match where he was thrown off the top of the cage And then 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 later fell through the cage into the ring Told the story about that and just like amazing stories The amount of stuff he's probably forgotten because of all the chair shots to the head But a a genuinely good dude and good storyteller So glad to hear that that was um, was trending
1: I recently watched the I think the WWE did a little video about it with him and the Undertaker rewatching that match, like, and just kind of talking through it in real time, and it was just, uh, just fascinating, just to hear their their perspective of it, you know, the behind the scenes and everything, and um, and to 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 hear that alongside the the in real time video of the match, and just see the crazy stuff like getting tossed off the cage, and then they're they're talking about, you know, they they go up to start the match, sorry, we're turning this into the wrestling That's podcast. Fine. You it's go, you, they they start the match, they go up to the top of the cage. They don't even go in the ring, up to the top of the cage right away. And these are, you know, this is Mick Foley and Undertaker, two 300-pound dudes, and they're walking on top of the cage, and the cage at the ceiling is all held together by uh, uh zip, zip ties. ties yeah. So they're walking on the cage, and you can see it bending uh as they're, as they're walking. And then <laughs> they're... They uh, they take a step and you see the zip ties bust and just spring and 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 break open, uh, and so you knew like they were not supposed to be be up there. And it's not the it's not like the hell in the cell cages now that nowadays where everything is super All-worlded, reinforced yeah. and stuff. So uh, yeah, just wild how uh, yeah that the spot they where he throws that.
0: them off the cage into the announce table. There was only like five people in the entire building that knew that was gonna happen. Cause yeah, they wanted the surprise. So like Jim Ross is like. Reaction was re- re- he had genuine, no idea that yeah. he had no idea that was coming, and then the spot where he choke slams him on the cage and he falls through that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, it wasn't that supposed was to un- break. It was unplanned, <laughs> so just crazy. And then oh he falls God. into the thumbtacks from the cage. Of course, yeah. Because yeah. what's yeah? All right, we can on go that, all day. And on, his on tooth his, is like in, in his, his nose. nose. Oh. Yeah, it's just, Oof, not <laughs> just crazy. Go crazy.
1: So when, when we're done here. Go, go watch. Go that to match. the WWE to YouTube page and watch that yeah. match. And uh, if Some you haven't before, if
0: you if you got Peacock, oh, it's crazy.
1: All right. Crazy speaking stuff. about
0: taking wild swings like a pinata, uh, the uh, NHL Network released their top twenty wingers in the game. They sure did. And uh, I'm sure there's no discussion. We'll just read these through, <laughs> and everybody will agree. Everybody is properly slotted. Yeah. And we'll move on. Uh, should we do this like five at a time from the back going forward? Uh, yeah, 20, right. twenty down to a. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll start with twenty. Uh, there's our good friend Patrick Kane, rated twentieth.
1: Oh, I'm sure everyone agrees about that.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that's fair, all things considered. But we'll we'll break so? it we'll break it down when we all get right. through the list. So we don't, we, we don't need to open
1: the discussion right at yeah.
0: twenty. Mark Stone <laughs> we'll at nineteen, <laughs> Clayton Keller at eighteen. Yeah, uh, Johnny Gaudreau of the Blue Jackets at seventeen. Jake Gunsell of the Penguins, sixteenth. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins of the Oilers, fifteenth. Uh, Brady Kachuk of the Senators, 14th, 13th is Kyle Connor of the Jets, 12th, William Nylander of the mm. Toronto Maple Leafs, and 11th, Stephen Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Wait, I this went over my head. They're listing Stamkos as a wing? Apparently. Has he stopped playing center? I think
0: he's switching off a little bit. Oh. I don't think he's exclusively... That a... went
1: right over my head when I looked at this.
0: Okay. I think he was a winger for most of the playoffs last year. He might have been, yeah. Year. Yeah, All right. Um. Yeah, so there's our 11th or 20. Look, um, there's if,
1: if Patrick Kane was one of the top 20 wings in the league right now, I don't think, even with the surgery, I don't think he'd still be a free agent. I think if, if that were to be true, I think there, there would be a team that would have signed him and said, okay, we'll see you in November, no
0: problem. Well, I think it's more of Kane going to want to pick and choose and see who's in first place at that sure. point. Kind of sure. like what he did last year to a degree. Um, I'm sure there are teams that have called him or Pat Brisson and said, hey, yeah. what's going on? And he's he wants he's not going to sign with a team now and then get to the ice to the rink in December 1st and they're 18 points out of a playoff spot. Right, right. He's going to want to see what's up. But I don't know, man. Top 20, 20th, I think. Think, I don't think he should be any higher than that at this point. No, I, mean, I, would, I wouldn't
1: put him above any of the any of the other guys on, on this list. No, and
0: there's probably a few guys we could probably put ahead of him. I, we just have to face facts. This is not a legacy. This is in the game right now. Right, it's supposed he's to be right now. He's coming off one of his lowest point productive seasons of his career. You know, he went to the Rangers, and we thought, Oh, he's going to be a contender. He's going to, you know... His GAS meter is going to go up, (laughs) and he never really had that effect that a lot of people were hoping for. He still played well. Yeah. Um, He's coming off of surgery. So there's a lot of unknowns there. I I mean, I think that was like put him there so we don't have to hear about why we left him off the list kind of move. Yeah, If he wasn't on this list, I wouldn't have been mad. No,
1: I wouldn't either. I
0: I don't think he's a top 20 winger anymore. Now, come January or February, we can revisit this, and he might – be way higher on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that lands up. But right now, that's that's a tough call. Uh, Mark Stone, 19? Seems low. Seems a little low, but again, that's a guy that missed a lot of the season last year. Yeah. They've already set up that out for this year to where, right. oh, he's going to play, and then He'll two play. weeks before the uh, trade deadline, ouchie, on, LTIR. back onto L T R so we can go and trade for whoever. Uh, they've set themselves up nicely for that to work out. Um, the only other real issues I have with this I don't know, I think Nugent Hopkins might be a little high at fifteen.
1: I mean, he had a hundred point season last year. Like it's hard to argue with that. It's like and, and I know yeah, he's one of those guys, with he's, McDavid Dry Seidel and that benefits him. But yeah, it was a very quiet one hundred point season. It's, and yeah. he's you know, he's been a very good player his entire career. It's just he's never he's just yeah, he's been overshadowed. He was Part of a group of good players, good forwards, at least, with the Oilers to begin his career, and then once McDavid showed up, yeah. he he ran the show. Yeah, he was
0: part of that wave with Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly, yeah, and those guys to try and you know get things going, and then yeah, I, it's really hard to stand out when you have Leon Drysidle and Connor McDavid mm-hmm. as your teammates. The one, the biggest uh, beef I have with this bottom ten. Clayton Keller at 18. Come on, man. He needs to be higher. Higher? I think he needs to be higher. I think he... Yeah. If if, if Clayton Keller played for any Canadian team, he'd be like ninth on this list. Sure, sure.
1: I would put him above Gensel. Absolutely. I'd Um, put him above Gaudreau right now. I'd, yeah, and and this is this is with the, the prospect pyramid thought process in me. This is why I, these these numbered lists. I'm always yeah. just like, ugh. Yeah. But, what's but really yeah. the difference? But yeah. But yeah, I if I'm if I'm picking a player, I would pick Keller over Gensel. Um, I don't know if I'd pick him over Gaudreau, but they're also they're they're pretty close. They're they're similarly. Um, I think once you get past Nugent Hopkins, though, you're into a different level of player with with but Kachuk, Connor. I put him in that Nylander. category though.
0: Think so? I do. Clayton Keller was really good last year. Yeah, and I think he's going to be even better this year. Yeah,
1: I I I think this Arizona roster should be better than last year, and it should help, you know, help raise his game a little bit more too.
0: All right, that's the bottom. Yeah, Kyle Connor, I I, I like him. I, I, it's nice to see that he's getting his due. Yep. Um, probably had the pain some of the Canadian guys that put this list together, but William Nylander that high. It seems with William Nylander in, in Canadian media, he's either the best ever or yeah. the worst player to ever play.
1: It's a love hate. There's, there's no in between. But I would say, but I would say as far as strictly wings, he's I, I have no problem with him being in the top fifteen. No, not at, not all. at all. No.
0: Uh, all right, let's do our top ten. This is per the NHL Network. Brad Marchant okay. is tenth. Artemi Panarian cracks the top ten at number nine. Sure. Alex Ovechkin. Number eight. I wonder if that's the lowest he's ever been on this list. Uh, mm. Kirill Kaprizov of the Wild, seventh. Yeah. Mitch Marner of the Maple Leafs, sixth. Top five looks like this: Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. That, Welcome to uh, superstardom. Yeah, kid. that
1: that's that surprised me a little bit, but also I'm not gonna get in a huff about it. No, I see a, it.
0: I, I'm I'm kind of surprised he jumped over some of those guys, but yeah. I, I agree with it. He was a top-five wing last year. Mm-hmm. My guy, Miko Rantanen, fourth. Uh, hard to argue with that one. Yeah. Should have won the Hart Trophy. I'm, I'm going to die <laughs> on that hill. Uh, Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Third, Matthew Kachuk of the Panthers, the number-two winger in all of hockey. And the number-one spot goes to David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. So yeah. the Bruins have two of the top-ten wingers in all of hockey uh, per the NHL Network. Yeah. So that's why the the loss of Bergeron and Krejci may not be as ho- it's bad, but it may not be mm-hmm. the end of the world because you still have.
1: Well, when they come out with their top 20 centers list, they ain't gonna
0: be any Bergeron on that Charlie list. I don't think Charlie Coyle is gonna be on that I list. Would, I doubt it. If yeah. there is, it's rigged, <laughs> just like the draft lottery.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I again, top 10, hard hard to argue against um, any mixture. Well, not any mixture, but. Uh, pretty much anywhere between ten and five, you could jumble those guys up, and and I I would I would see a, you know see a, 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 your point in putting them in in different spots. But yeah, top four, top five, um, you know Pasternak, Kachuk, Kucherov, Rantanen, uh, Kaprizov, Marner, Robertson, like all those guys as far as wings go, um, definitely in that like top level elite tier. Alex Ovechkin, still an elite level goal scorer. Um, you know, I I think maybe age will start to kind of creep up to him. Um, hasn't really yet. I mean, he's still out there playing like he used to when he was 20 years old. You know, running like a uh, like a bull in a china shop in the NHL. Um, but I think the the quality of the Capitals around him is starting to kind of fall down as well. So we'll see what he does this year. Panarin, uh, Marchand, yeah, definitely uh, that that quality top 10 quality a guy. So yeah, I, I, you could get real nitpicky nit, nit, nit with this. Um, my, again, my biggest gripe with these, with this list is I just wouldn't have Kane in it. I wouldn't have him in the top 20.
0: No, not, no, I wouldn't either. Um, that, yeah, but otherwise pretty decent. Yeah, I like that they give they put Ratten and Robertson in the top 5. You could argue that Mitch Marner deserves to be in that top 5 too. I mean, what's really the difference between 5th and 6th? Exactly. But Marner, I think the fact that he got that Selkie uh nomination finalist. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show you how he's rounded his game. Um, you know, he was coming up for years. He was just like he's the playmaker. He's the playmaker for Matthews. He's like a be, Patrick Kane. Yeah, he's going to get yeah. all the assists. He's going to make all these great plays. And he's also turned out to be one of the best defensive players. Uh, and, and to get a Selkie finalist nomination on the wing, mm-hmm. I'm sure some of that had to do with being on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sure, it, that helps. It gets you in front of a lot of eyes. And, and, you know, but it's still an impressive feat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it seems that the Selkie is for centers only. You know, because if they if they were serious about giving it to the wingers, Hosa should have at least two or three in his trophy case.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I I again between for me, if if I'm if I'm jumbling this list, I think I put Marner ahead of Robertson. Um, I probably but put that's Marner ahead. Of, taste.
0: I probably put Marner ahead of Robertson and Ratnani. As oh, much as yeah. I love Ratnani, Marner. I mean, if if you were gonna pick. Who would you rather have on your team right now, Miko Rantanen or Mitch Marner? I think the defensive aspect of that yeah. game gives Marner the edge, slight edge. Not that Rantanen's a, a, a total stiff. Defensively, no, no. If you're,
1: t- yeah, if you're picking between two of the top five play- forwards in the NHL, yeah, who are you going to take? Well, okay, you know, you you, you have your positives and, and negatives about each of them, but yeah, I think I think Marner, I would I would have at at five instead of Robertson. But everything else is pretty pretty solid.
0: Yeah, it's uh. It's, it's surprisingly that you get a list like this that there's not a ton.
1: Not a ton of overreaction to argue yeah.
0: about uh, on this one. So maybe maybe when they give us the centers or the defensemen, we'll have more things. Yeah. Hey, NHL Network, if you're listening, when you list your top 20 defensemen, put Seth Jones on the list, you cowards. I just want to see the <laughs> reaction. Put him 20th yeah. and watch everybody lose their mind. Do it. Do that it. Would,
1: that would be... It's funny. If we would have said that last summer, it would have been way more of a joke. But this year, after this last season, like, I don't know. Is he top 20? No. But is he in the honorable mentions outside of the top 20? I think he should be. See he's what still happens one of those, He's year. still one of those guys, I think.
0: I think this year that he's going to be on a top power play unit that that has Taylor Hall and Conor Bedard on it. Yeah. And he's probably going to be out there a lot five on five with Conor Bedard. I think this year, people the this, the narrative may change a little bit. Yeah, um, and we'll see. You know, team. It's weird how good players seem to get better when the good. talent around them gets <laughs> yeah. better.
1: Good, good players with good teams become great players. Yeah,
0: so we'll see how that progresses uh, over the years. Uh, we still got a couple things we want to get to, but before that, we want to talk to you about the CHGO kickoff classic at Cog. Hill. Yes. It's coming up. It is a week from Friday, August 25th, 9 a.m. Come join us at golf course number two. Pins and aces will be there helping us out. Uh you have until Friday to secure your spot. This Friday, uh the 18th. Two days from now is your last chance. So if you're holding off, if you haven't decided if you want to join us on Cog Hill on the 25th, Make up your mind. (laughs) Get those tickets before Friday. Friday's your last day to do that. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on a great event. Of course, all of our diehards are going to save on their uh, tickets. So what does it all entail? Well, you're going to get 18 holes with a cart, exclusive CHGO and pins and aces golf towel for all players. We're going to have hole contests, giveaway prizes, uh, lunch and drinks with a ceremony after the round, It's just a great deal. It's going to be a Mm -hmm. lot of fun. All the CHGO personalities are going to be out there. Most will be playing. Some will not. I'm going to be (laughs) in charge of one of the contests because I'm not going to embarrass myself in front of my coworkers. Um, (laughs) Also, tonight is our second of two Crosstown takeovers at Wrigley Field. You could still get yourself a ticket for tonight's game. There's a couple hanging on. So if you're looking for something to do on this gorgeous Wednesday night, perfect day, come join us at Wrigley Field tonight for uh so what happens if the Sox win the night who gets the the, the vaunted the BP White Cup? Sox
1: would keep it because they won it last year. So uh, if a tie, it's a tie, tie goes it, to the runner correct. as they say. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of the line. <laughs> yes. There there's
0: a there lot of line. There will be the a line. BP Cup champion crown tonight. Is that still what it's called? I don't know. That's what it was, is it? <laughs> I think it is. Is it? All yeah. right. So Well, there uh, you go. Yes, the historic PP BP Cup or the PP Cup, will be in It's a different in tournament. the house tonight. How often do you get a chance to see an historic trophy? Only like 21,000 saw it at the United yeah. Center with the Stanley Cup. It's the true. BP Cup at Wrigley Field. Why are you not buying your tickets for this I'm game? Su-
1: I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's not sold out. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it's hard to pass up a, uh, a, a, a great night, great weather night like tonight out at uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, should be a good game. I mean White Sox wanting to uh you know play a little spoiler. They I saw the uh the uh Luis Robert home run last night that got the uh, the crowd reaction that went on, on social media. So that was
0: uh that was Surprised fun. He didn't hurt himself with that bat flip. Oh wait, that's <laughs> he's been that healthy this year. Well, uh, yeah yeah. Mostly. Maybe accomplish something before you get that cocky. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: he's an M V P candidate right now.
0: Sure he is. is he it? is, yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll All right. vote for a guy on a team 25 games. Oh, you won't win shit, I'm just saying. I'm an MVP candidate. candidate, too. You could yes. Technically, you could vote for me if you wanted to.
1: <laughs> you both are in the, the top right three in. of CHGO Blackhawks MVP voting right now. Uh, hey, is. if you'd have told me that at launch day, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, but no, it should be a good time um, tonight. It's going to be a good time at Cog Hill. there going
0: be a pregame meetup at the Almost Home Bar on Clark Street. Uh, Across from the obvious get, street, uh, obvious a, shirts. Yep, you store. Can get a free T-shirt with. Uh, you can get either the North Side or South Side CHGO baseball T-shirt mm-hmm. uh, and your ticket to the game. And of course, again, diehards, you're going to get saved. in for cheaper. So there's just a handful of tickets left. Uh, come join us at Wrigley Field tonight. Uh, Corey's asking if we're going to be at the takeover. Uh, he's working in a booth in Gallagher Way. I will not. Mario is going to the game. I'm I will not be there. going to the game. So keep your head uh, eyes open for each other. Uh, tonight, I I'll I will looking be looking uh, for
1: that exact picture of Corey. Yes,
0: you better be walking around with a blue background behind <laughs> you all night, Corey, so we know it's you. Uh, I'll be hosting uh, one of my trivia nights in displays tonight, so I'll, nice. I'll I'll watch it from one of the TVs in the at the Beacon Tap. Yeah, see if I see any of you guys on TV. It's hey, I mean it's, it's an exciting game hope, as the first yeah. the first round Have at at uh, Comiskey. I'm sorry, I'm always going to call it <laughs> guaranteed rate. Yeah. Um, that was a fun game uh, I mean it ended well For the Cub fans It started well For the Sox fans Yeah But uh, if the excitement Is anything like that game Tonight Everybody in the building Is going to have a good time So Yeah it should be a lot of
1: that. fun I mean I, I I like the atmosphere Of you know A game where One team It's you know It's it's an in town rivalry One team is trying to You know kind of Play some spoiler To a team that's trying To have a, a playoff run That not a lot of people ex- You know expected them To have early on In the season Like it's great it's good stuff. Yep. Having a competitive baseball team, at least one in Chicago, is good for the city.
0: Yes, it's is. good for us at CHGO. It sure is. And while you're at uh, the game tonight, what are you going to be drinking? Uh, you can probably drink some Goose Island beer.
1: Because, uh, you know, when you want a good taste in beer to go with your good baseball game, uh, Goose Island has you covered. Uh, they are the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO. And they have been Chicago's beer since 1988, they have an illustrious roster of beers that you can choose from. They have the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, which is always in style with its citrus aroma and bold hop finish. The Full Pocket Pills, the everyday beer. It's what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. You would have the trop- the Tropical Beer Hug, the dry-hopped Imperial IPA. That is a 9.9 ABV that is dangerously easy to drink, Uh, and, of course, the Golden Cans, the 312, the Wheat Ale, the staple of Goose Island's uh, beer roster. You can get all of these and more ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers uh, when you go to Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can come to our neck of of the woods uh, and go to their tap room on Fulton Street here in West Town. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company,
0: Chicago's beer. In case you're wondering, plenty of Goose Island f- will be for sale at Wrigley Field tonight. Yes. Saw a lot of it while I was at the Springsteen concerts last week. Uh, they do have the three one two, the IPA, mm-hmm. the Neon beer hug is there, green line. So nice. go to Wrigley Field tonight with our CHGO takeover and, and drink a lot of Goose Island. And when
1: you're at the uh, almost home tavern as well. Sure, I'm sure it's there too. Any yep. bar that doesn't
0: have Goose Island these days is Especially in, in Chicago. You gotta have Chicago's beer. Absolutely. All right, we got a couple more things before we uh, wrap up our around the league Wednesday. Um, today is the appropriately twenty seventh anniversary of the a sad day in Blackhawks history. Yeah, an infuriating it's day in Blackhawks
1: history. Big, it's a big what if in the history of the Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, of course we are talking about the Jeremy Roenick trade with yep. the. Phoenix Coyotes, <laughs> uh, not the Arizona Coyotes. Um, that trade was made back on this date, uh, August 16th, 1996. Man, it is hard to believe <laughs> it was that long ago. Yeah. Um, if you don't remember the total trade details, Blackhawks traded Jeremy ronick to the Phoenix Coyotes for Alexa Jamnoff, Craig Mills, and a first round pick. In 1997, uh, that first round pick turned into something called Ty Jones that played a handful of games.
1: He was a hockey player. He
0: was. And the, but the thing that, not only did they completely duff that pick, the thing that made me even more mad is when they called Ty Jones up. They gave him number 27. How <laughs> dare you? That Jeez. was like a slap in the face. It's that just we're just immediate- going to give the guy that, that we drafted in the pick we traded yeah. for some bum that's going to play 19 career NHL games. We're just going to give him 27.
1: Immediate that erasure. That was
0: insulting. That might have pissed me off even more than a trade itself.
1: Well, and and knowing the climate of the Blackhawks at that time with ownership, um, probably not a uh, coincidence.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Hey, forget yeah. about the guy that used to wear this number that was really, really good. Yeah. This guy... If you squint and then beat yourself over the head with a lead pipe until you get silly, he may look like the guy that used to <laughs> wear this number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, with the 27, uh, the number 27 and the number 28, they've just freely given those yeah. out to 27 anybody. 27 being worn
0: by Lucas Reichel. Now. Reichel right now, which, be the best, which is fine. It's yeah. Fine. Uh, but it's been... It's, of course, Johnny Oduya wore it for a while. Oduya, uh, in had
1: recent years. Uh, I know Mark Bell wore 28. You know, the, the, the retired... Steve Larmer's number is anyway, is a big Yogi, thing.
0: Yep, Colton so. Dock might have it if he gets up here. He's going to oh, win yeah, it for the right. Ice yeah. Hogs. Yeah.
1: well, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I mean the the Ronick trade. I mean, yeah, we've we've talked about it before. I know Jay always liked Alexey Zamnov, um, but it just he just wasn't the player that that Ronick was. Didn't have the same kind of impact. It wasn't you know the uh, usually when you trade major superstars like that. Uh, very rarely are you going to come out on the winning end of those deals because replacing superstar-level players with superstar-level players doesn't happen all that often. Right. We've seen it. we see trades like that uh, in the NHL where it's like one for one. You know, you think of Taylor Hall and, and Adam Larson. Well, they weren't on the same level when they were traded, and that's why that, that trade becomes so, like, oh, shit. Like
0: I think maybe the best example, maybe that – I mean, you had the Chelios for Savard back in the day. Yeah. But that worked out immediately for Montreal, but in the long term, that was better for uh, the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And then Montreal, again, the Shea Weber for P.K. Subban trade was... Yeah, that was also pretty fair. Yeah. yeah, it worked out well for both sides. Uh, and Alexei Zamnoff gets a bad reputation because just so many people hated him right off the bat just because he was traded for right. Jeremy Roenick. And I understand that because... I irrationally hated Patrick Poulin because he was traded for Steve Larmer. Right. But Patrick Poulin sucked. <laughs> Alexis Zamnoff was a good player. Yeah. Uh, the f- the thing was, you traded away this boisterous, big personality, you know, cocky, confident... Face of the team. ...goal-scoring winger yeah. for a quiet playmaking center.
1: Who's the second-line guy.
0: Yeah. But you, you acquire... A playmaking center, with nobody to help him make plays. Right. Like eventually that team, you know. Yeah, he had Tony Amani for a while, but you know he's a guy that needed to be on. You know, Jamnov, he needed to have some talent around. Him. Jamnov is a guy that you
1: add to having Ronick and Amani right. to to make things better. It's not oh, take one away and add yeah, Jamnov. Yeah, they did
0: two They played the game differently, and Jamnov had a really good career and was a good player for the Hawks. Just he could never shake off the stigma of being the guy traded for Ronick because he was never going to put up the goal numbers Ronick did. I mean, yeah. Ronick had multiple 50 goal seasons with Jamnov was never going to do that. And he didn't have the personality of, of Ronick. He wasn't outspoken. You know, you never, you know, he had the language barrier, but you never really heard from yeah. Jamnoff. He didn't have that, that swagger on the ice that Ronick had. So you, you were getting like completely end two different ends of the spectrum. So you know you, th- there was a reason why Jeremy Roenick was so popular in his time. Yeah. A lot of that had to do with that 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 cockiness and that that sh- that swagger he had, and his attitude, and and his and his willingness to you know get a bloody nose in order to score a goal, or yeah. drop the gloves if he had to. Jamnoff wasn't going to do any of that. He wasn't no. interested in that. It wasn't his part of his game, and that was part of the reason that 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 was so unpopular. Yeah. given that you know, you were trading away the face of your franchise. I mean, there's a lot of guys, myself included, of our age group. Jay says it too. We became hockey fans because of Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. And what he was able to do. Roenick and Chelios and Belfort. And then within the span of a couple years, all those guys got traded for pennies on a dollar. It was really a a, – this was the start of the decline of the Chicago Blackhawks because the year before they were in the playoffs and took – you know the the avalanche they had that that memorable series they were right there and then mm-hmm. within a couple of years you're the laughing stock of the professional sports world because of trades like this and it all
1: yeah it all changes yeah and and you know the you lose the the major superstar you bring in a guy who is a good player and then to make it worse is you know you 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 swing and miss on on the pick that you got yeah. for swinging and missing on a first round pick in a trade like that, makes it hurt even more. Um, you know, I, we were we were asked uh, a couple couple weeks ago uh, by a friend of the program, Ann Takarski, about trade trees and stuff. The the Ronick trade tree is is fascinating because there still is a player in the tree that the Blackhawks have connections mm-hmm. to uh, as you as you go down the list. So the original trade. Was, uh, was Roenick to Phoenix, was Jamnov, Craig Mills, and Ty Jones, uh, well, the pick that turned into Ty Jones coming back. Uh, Ty Jones eventually uh, traded for future considerations. Craig Mills uh, given away for cash. Uh, so that is how the Blackhawks' 10 years ended. Uh, and then Jamnov in 2004 was traded uh, along with a fourth-round pick in the 2004 draft to the Flyers, for a trade package of Jim Vandermeer, Colin Frazier, and a second-round pick in the 2004 draft, which turned into Brian Bickle. Well, there's uh, two
0: guys that won a Stanley Cup here. So. Yep, Colin
1: Fraser and, and Bickle, Stanley Cup champions, so that worked out. Uh, the Vandermeer uh, acquisition ended up turning into uh, Ben Eager, who, hey, another Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Colin Frazier... Uh, ended up being a Stanley Cup champion with both the Blackhawks and the Kings. Three-time
0: Stanley Cup champion. So,
1: yeah, great, great, uh, great for him. But he was part of the uh, post-2010 uh, teardown that the Blackhawks went through. Colin Frazier uh, ended up being uh, sent to the Oilers for a sixth-round pick, uh, eventually then making his way to the Kings. Uh, Bickle, as you'll remember, won two Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks. Uh, he was part of the roster for all three, but has his name on it twice. Uh, He then was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, with Tavo Teravainen, and that trade brought back to the Blackhawks a second-round pick in 2016 and a third-round pick in 2017. That third-round pick in 2017 turned into Evan Barrett, who the Blackhawks have since traded. Uh, The 2016 second-round pick ended up being uh, Russian forward Arthur Kayumov, who is the remaining connection in the uh, extensive yes. trade tree from the Ronick yeah. trade that the Blackhawks still have his rights
0: to. I still have his rights. I don't know if that's ever going to amount to anything. Probably not. He was not. one of the guys I, I tracked last year on the rebuild report because he just snuck in. He's now going to be 25 this year, so he's no longer really considered a prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'd be kind of fun if he comes over and you give him number 27. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sure. Lucas. We yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to come full circle. Um,
1: anyone, anyone involved with uh, the Jeremy Ronick trade has to have worn 27. Yeah, these trade
0: trees are fun to watch. Of course, the greatest one of all time is the, is the Lindros trade. I believe that one is still That's still flowing.
1: active. It's still crazy.
0: Yeah. In case you're wondering about that 1997 NHL entry draft, whoa, what who did the Hawks could have drafted besides Ty Jones at 16? The answer is not a lot. Mm-mm. I mean, there's some guys that had long careers, but there wasn't after, like, the top 10. There wasn't really after the top 12 or so. There wasn't a lot. That year, uh, Boston drafted Joe Thornton one, San Jose Patrick uh, Marlowe two. Future teammates. Ole Okanen went third to the Kings. Roberto Luongo fourth. To the Islanders, Eric Brewer, Brewer fifth to the Islanders. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, here's a fun part about looking at this draft. Uh, if you include the Blackhawks' 13th pick, Daniel Cleary, four of the top 13 players of the 1997 draft played for the Blackhawks. So you had Daniel, Daniel Cleary, Cleary with their own pick, 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boston Bruins took Sergei Sampson off at eight. Okay. He eventually played for the Blackhawks. At nine, another uh, former Blackhawk, a future Blackhawk, the Washington Capitals took defenseman Nick Boynton. Okay. And at twelve, perhaps we've heard of this guy. The Ottawa Senators took Marion Hosa. Yeah, heard of him. One pick ahead of the Blackhawks taking Daniel Cleary. Could you imagine? Wow. If the Hawks would have, if he would have just fallen? had him right from the beginning. Yeah, the Warts would have traded him for. Yeah sports would have traded him for Daniel Cleary two years later, probably yeah Man, talk-
1: talk about what ifs, yeah, what if Hosa joined the Blackhawks when they were a absolute mess rather than yeah. the that place to be, yeah, yeah,
0: it's crazy, yeah, so that that uh that draft class not it's fine but not not great, as I said, there's a lot of guys that played you know well over five six hundred games, they got one two three, let's see you got about 10 guys have played over 1000 games, but Pretty good. Yeah, but one of those guys is Matt Cook <laughs> and Scott Hannon. Oh, okay. Brian Campbell was part of that draft too. There you go. Drafted in the 6th round by the Buffalo Sabres. So maybe they hey, should have drafted You need Brian to Brian Campbell instead of Ty Jones.
1: <laughs> need to find depth, but um, yeah. So it's and it's crazy to think like what again, what if what if they don't make the trade? What if they end up signing Ronick to the deal that he wanted. I think, what was it? A, I remember the old, the uh, tribune story, I think had it that Ronick was looking for like five years and like 15 million or something like that, which is sounds just like, well, yeah, a friggin' fourth liner yeah. could get that nowadays, but yeah, like
0: you're paying Corey Perry more than that. Right. right per now. year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about, you know, had they kept Ronick around, uh, what, you know what they would have done? They would have had Ronick and Chelios and Amante and uh Balfour all still together into that, you know, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight span of time. Um, you know, who knows? Those those teams like like we've mentioned before, those teams always were, you know, some of the best right of of the of that nineties era, but they always ran into Edmonton or, you know, a really Colorado, you know Colorado, Detroit. Detroit. Pittsburgh in the in the final with Lemieux and Yager and them. It's just always always right there, but just not over the hump. Yeah. But yeah, everything works out for a reason. And Ronick eventually got back to the organization in good graces, and then uh, he's doing other things now.
0: Yeah, he's uh, a freelancer these days, I believe. Put it, put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jr. One of my all-time favorite players. Um, and i bet you you could probably get him uh his his card on n h l twenty four uh that's what we're gonna right. wrap up uh our show with today uh the release the uh preview trailer for yeah we're NHL not gonna play 24. the whole thing'cause no.
1: we're we did yeah. seventy minutes yesterday we'll we' we'll, we'll, yeah we will well, we're gonna quickly we're, uh we're gonna
0: devote an entire show to it on on friday, friday yeah but go check out the uh e a sports twitter feed check out the uh Whoa, awesome there it is. the awesome uh <laughs> They explain some of the fun new things the reveal trailer it does look promising for some of the things I liked some of the stuff they got the goalie fatigue is interesting
1: yeah the the fatigue factor in the in the gameplay the uh the offensive pressure factor that they're that they're kind of putting in I like that um, i think from 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 most of the you know streamers and and NHL gamers that uh, that i've I've read they're you know, reactions and responses to, uh, like we said, a Friday uh, cam of uh, No Sleeves Gaming is going to be joining us to uh, give his reaction on the game and everything. But from the most part, the overarching uh, review is that this edition of NHL 24 is really focused on changing the way the gameplay feels. And from all accounts, they did a good job of doing that and making it feel like – um real playing the game of real hockey in the game gets you rewarded uh some of the glitchy things that you could you used to be able to do where you know you you know protecting a puck for hours on end with one player until eventually scoring a goal or drawing a penalty seems to be no longer the case um something something one of the players mentioned is uh when you're in the offensive zone and you pull the the l2 trigger which is usually like kind of like to help protect the puck and like face the net when you're in the offensive zone you'll no longer turn your back to the net when you press that which I know a lot of people kind of glitched uh the game a little bit to do that to kind of you know protect the puck in that way which you really wouldn't do in real hockey you know you don't get the puck into the offensive zone and then turn your back to the net it's just not what you do um so you know it looked like a lot of the goalie Animations uh, made them a little I bit more.
0: They add, added 50 new, yeah, and including like goal mount scrambles.
1: Yeah, it, it uh, makes it. It makes it the goalies look a little bit more fluid. Um, you know, the, the the skill stick controls, uh, the passing, everything gets a little bit of a, of, a, of a tweak, a little bit of a change uh, to make it feel more fluid and more realistic in, uh, in in gameplay. I'm excited to hopefully get some early access to play the game. Uh, through their through their testing, I know Jay and I both signed up to do that. So hopefully, uh, get some get some hands on the game to see how it feels uh, firsthand. But um, yeah, I mean, all all reviews right now through what you know people who have played the game so far have said, uh, as far as gameplay go, are positive, which is a great step in you know great in the right direction for the NHL game. Which you know playing NHL twenty three, the gameplay. Just kind of felt clunky. It feels clunky at times, and and this is not even talking about the presentation of the game, the fluidity of of you know uh, pregame stuff it put between whistles, all of that stuff was so clunky in 23. Um, so we'll see as far as that goes, presentation, uh, things like that. What any what EA will uh, will release in the coming weeks as we get closer to the launch of the game, uh, which will be October sixth will be the official world li- worldwide launch of NHL 24, uh, right before the season starts. So, uh, that'll be a lot of fun to, uh, to get playing, get, uh, get in the game.
0: Yep. And of course, Friday, we'll be talking all about this. We'll get in a deeper dive of some of the new features and, and and talk to cam who's uh, played the game already. So he'll he'll have some uh, good stuff for us tomorrow. Jay will be back. We're in studio. We're going to have our, our friend, Sean Sullivan, uh, Join us. He is a uh, Blackhawks jersey historian. He's a game-worn jersey collector. It's going to be a podcast you're going to want to watch. Yes, this is definitely one for the visual. He's going to be bringing in some of his favorite jerseys. We saw him at the National uh, Memorabilia Convention in Rosemont a couple weeks ago, and he brought us the jersey that Dirk Graham wore when he scored his hat trick in yeah. the 1992 Stanley Cup Finals. So he's going to bring in a lot of stuff. We're going to talk jersey history with the Blackhawks and uh, the stories behind some of his most – uh, prized jerseys, so that's going to be a lot of fun so if you like the Ronick history stuff tomorrow show is all for you then friday we're talking nhl 24 we'll be back at full strength as we wrap up the week so that's going to wrap us up here on our around the league wednesday uh, thanks for steven for doing a fantastic job producing us today thank you for listening make sure you're hitting that like button on the way out giving those five star reviews And for Greg and Mario, we will check you out right back here tomorrow at 2 p.m. The CHGO Blackhawks podcast.